0: Hello and welcome to Create, Talk, Repeat. My name is Dustin Brenton. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with a friend of mine, and a friend of many who have been on this very podcast, Mr. Lloyd Brooks. We discuss his art, his travels to Italy, and how he got the nickname Lorenzo. But before we get to that interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Stay tuned. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast, visit anchor.fm. It's a great way to build your own podcast and get paid while doing it. That's anchor.fm. Back to the show. Hello, and today on Create, Talk, Repeat... We have somebody who we've mentioned on this podcast a few times before, and I figured if his name keeps coming up, he must be important. We probably should have him on the podcast at some point. Uh, Mr. Lloyd Brooks, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dustin. It's great to be here. You're, uh, I know your ears are probably burning every time we uh, we mention your name on this podcast. It's come up a few times with, uh, if people listen to the Allison Horner episode or um, Mark Brott, uh, I know. You know, those are mutual friends of ours and uh, your name has come up a few times. So I figured we just need to have Lloyd on here to to let everybody know who Lloyd is if they don't know already.
1: You know, I appreciate that. I'm humbled. Uh, Mark Brott's been a friend of mine for many, many years and an incredible uh, illustrator and artist. And uh, i have known Allison for 10 years now, and uh, she's a marvelous artist as well. So you've got a great lineup on the on the podcast.
0: Yeah. So has done many many things in his illustrious career um, from agencies to um, artwork now and being artists now and um, you know teaching uh, at ivy tech that's kind of where we got to know each other um, but i always want to open the podcast with uh, allowing the guests to tell us uh, what they create so lloyd what is it that you create
1: well uh I started out as an illustrator in Chicago and having worked for other clients most of my life, uh, both from an illustration standpoint, design standpoint, I enjoyed my career doing that. But now at this point in my life to have a beautiful studio and come in and uh, create uh, paintings every day is a real joy. And uh, just those experiences now are based on my life's and my travels and our cultural and life experiences uh we're leading a very fun uh full uh full life together and uh so we uh we travel quite a lot and my paintings are an expression uh, of the things that we're doing each and every day
0: yeah most of the i mean i don't want to speak for you most of the uh the paintings that i have seen (laughs) of yours are of your trips to italy um can you speak a little bit about your travels to italy sure that's that's
1: been the case the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, during COVID, uh, the world shut down. We were actually in Greece at the time, and uh, my son was in Rome for, uh, supposed to be in Rome for several months. We were in Greece visiting friends, and the day before, we were supposed to leave to go to uh, Italy for Carol's uh, trips. Uh, by the way, she, uh, she does trips, uh, brings uh, small groups of Americans to Italy specifically Tuscany mm-hmm. uh, for tours around Tuscany. we were supposed to leave uh, the day before that happened. The world started shutting down. It uh, was quite a shock to see, uh, to see the tumult of the world uh, happening so quickly. So I came home and, uh, and spent the next year uh, just painting things that uh, uh, came about in our daily lives, really just uh, very simple kinds of experiences in, in our community. Uh, Why we were sort of isolating or quarantining, as it may, and, uh, and so I started doing that, but uh, finally a year, a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, the world started opening up, and we started going back to Italy, and we go four to six weeks at a time, and uh, I uh, typically shoot a few thousand photos when I'm there, and uh, do some sketches, things of that nature, come back to the studio, edit all of that, and figure out what the theme is that uh that i'm going to be working with so i've done a couple hundred paintings in the last two years uh, a little about 120 paintings i guess based on italy in the last year or so and uh, they range in, in size from very small paintings uh based on our excursions around tuscany and florence and um, actually uh we've gone to milan and Lake cuomo and several other places down to rome so i paint everything from uh, shooting out the window on a high-speed train, the bullet train from mm-hmm. Milan to uh, Florence and painting uh, scenes of uh, the Duomo and other experiences around Florence, Italy and uh, and the Tuscany countryside. It's been really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it's some really great work and um, Thank you. I was I was fortunate enough to visit your studio just recently and get to actually see the work in person and there's there is something different about seeing artwork on a website on a digital screen and then actually seeing it in person and then obviously to be able to sit there and talk to the artist that created it and um with me just recently picking up the you know the hobby of painting and to actually talk to you and get some insight on how you're creating it and you know just the technical aspect of what brushes you're using and how you're keeping your paints from drying out and stuff like that was was really great to uh to have that time to speak with you and, and learn a little bit about about it from somebody who is Doing such great work and not just you know not even just as a hobby i mean this is more than a hobby uh, right now so it's some really you know fantastic work you also do some uh, uh portraits that i saw as well that were of um celebrities uh, that you had up on the wall there it was uh, a lot of fun as well so
1: well i i had fun doing those uh, i started doing them a year and a half ago just uh, as a break from the uh, landscape work and we had gone to uh, new york city last year and i did some paintings from new york city and Uh, We went to Charleston earlier this year, and so uh, at any rate, I I thought it would be fun just to paint some of the artists that uh, I've always thought were iconic or have been influenced them by them, uh, Picasso and Monet and Andy Warhol and others, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, I started doing those as a relief and had a lot of fun with them. They're very quick paintings, uh, and uh, I had such a a great response to those i sold those out my first uh, opening shortly after and since then people have been commissioning me to do uh portraits as well in sort of that style a fairly graphic style mm. uh, and uh, so it's been a sort of a nice fun deviation from the landscape work
0: yeah so when did you start creating so when did the um <clears throat> excuse me the uh young lloyd brooks start painting drawing were you were you always artistic as a kid was this something that you grew up with or was something you started later in life uh
1: it it's something that was in my dna i think um i grew up in a very small town five thousand people attica indiana and uh from my earliest memories i wanted to be an artist Uh, the only (laughs) the only artist i had heard of growing up in very small town was norman rockwell at the time i that so i knew he was an illustrator uh, a and uh, graphic artist and and that's what i wanted to be i had no uh input other than that that um that that's what i wanted to be but yes growing up i always uh was drawing and uh, painting uh, without a lot of instruction my high school was so small we didn't have art in high school so uh, i uh Digressed from from my art uh, endeavors in high school and was a math science major and went to an engineering school for a year, but uh, after that I realized that I wasn't uh, destined to be a slide rule junkie and I went to fine art school. So, yeah, from from my earliest memories, I wanted to be an artist and uh, I think I was just born with that intuition, that kind of uh, soulful direction, if you will, and uh and uh i've had a really enjoyable career i started out as an illustrator in chicago uh doing children's books and game boards and posters and things of that nature and that bled over into the design firms that i had during my career but now that i'm retired from teaching and painting every day and carol and i are traveling painting those life experiences those uh Paintings, it was all of the, just my life experiences are are very enjoyable. And when people buy the paintings and hang them in their home, I'm really humbled uh, by that experience.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of those things that, you know, like I said, I just took this up as a hobby last year just for my own fun. And part of the, um, I don't want to call it a New Year's resolution, but kind of part of the task that I gave myself last year was to start painting and to get something hung up somewhere other than my living room and uh and there's a, a small gallery here in franklin indiana that uh, i was able to get a few pieces put up and it's nothing you know too exciting because it's just they put any local artist up there so uh but uh, when i put it up they were like how much do you want to sell it for and i was like nobody's gonna buy this stuff but if <laughs> if anybody ever does buy it i'm gonna be completely floored and it's gonna pay for all my uh, supplies that i've bought from hobby Lobby. so it'll be it'll be a fun day if that ever really actually happens but uh i can imagine i can imagine the feeling of being humbled, be like wow i created something and it's in uh somebody's house i've had that experience with my design work where you know, I'm creating stuff and people, you know, seeing it on billboards. And that's really exciting that companies are paying me to, you know, have their stuff put up. I even had somebody one day show me a tattoo of a logo that I created and I didn't create it for that. I just created it. And then, you know, I ran into her just randomly and she was like, Oh, you're the designer that did this. And she pulled up her sleeve and there was my logo on her arm. And I was like, that's, that's insane. So the idea that somebody's paying us for our art to, you know, to adorn their house with would be, uh, would definitely be humbling.
1: It is a it is a humbling experience. You mentioned tattoo too. Uh, my both my sons are uh, artists as well. My my son Jason lives in Austin, Texas, and actually ten years ago was uh, was known as the number one tattoo artist in the country. But he spends wow. most of his time now doing fine art, and uh, it, he's uh, very accomplished in both both disciplines. And uh, my other son David is a, a naturalist. He uh, he does exploration down the amazon every year with scientists but then does museum installations based on that so um uh, so i didn't uh i didn't try to influence them to go into the arts i guess they were always around it because i've always painted and mm-hmm. had studios and uh started out uh back in the early 90s with a studio in the in the uh, ferris building downtown and then moved into the stets building after that and so uh Been, you know, I've been painting uh, most of my adult life, Uh, even during the the years when I was an illustrator, I was always doing fine art on the side as well. So now to be doing it full time every day and and uh, just creating paintings uh, out of uh, my own personal joy. And then if people happen to buy them and enjoy them, then that's uh, that's icing on the cake
0: right that's one of those things that we've talked about on this podcast before is if you're creating something create it for yourself and have fun creating it and if, if somebody else will come along and enjoy it then that's that's a bonus right so maybe someday we'll get your uh your sons on the podcast too they sound interesting <laughs> <laughs> where did where did your you you mentioned that you never you know pushed the the arts on them but where did your passion for this come from did you grow up with uh, your family uh, creative in some aspect whether they were painting or musically or something like that that um, that kind of fed that from you as a a young age
1: no uh, actually uh, I I think my mother was was artistic but uh, she she had uh, serious health issues for her entire life and rheumatoid arthritis based on uh, as a result of a major automobile accident when she was her 20s so she really never was able to pursue her uh, her uh, art experiences that much uh, I had a an uncle in the family that her brother older brother really encouraged uh, my interest in, in art which uh, I said earlier i uh, even when I was in grade school junior high school i would I would do a weekly cartoon strip, for example, and after drawing it, I would stick it in my old Remington typewriter and type the the script into place, into the balloons and things like that. But I would I was uh, painting in oils with uh, just self-instruction and and uh, always always drawing and painting uh, and enjoyed that process. Uh, I. I didn't really know any artists growing up. I didn't know, uh, there was no one in my family that was also pursuing the arts. I was the first person uh, to go to college, my entire family, Uh, having grown up in a very small town. My my father was World War II and came back and eventually ran our little cable TV company in my hometown. So he was a, a great hard worker, a blue collar guy. But uh, you know he he really didn't have any any idea what the heck I was trying to do. So I was sort of on my own self-taught in that sense. and and uh, when I went to uh, to college and got into fine arts, I just really enjoyed it. I felt like that that was what uh, that was my destiny.
0: So how much would you say is um, your your artistic endeavors come from your uh, being formally trained? And then, how much is this kind of being self-taught of trying things over time and and learning them, or looking up YouTube videos of how to do some <laughs> some technique or whatever it might be, or just somebody else passing down ah tricks and trade uh, tips and tricks for you?
1: Well, that's a fascinating question because actually, uh, in in many ways, my formal training was fantastic. I went to uh, school at Indiana State University and graduate school there as well. and had fantastic instructors i i truly enjoyed my time there It was a very very creative experience uh then as an artist though uh, i think as you you know what i find is i i'm working on my own self-expression and and experimenting and things of that sometimes i i battle with trying to unlearn uh the formal training uh experimentation uh, requires you know a lack of uh, inhibition and and just sort of letting letting yourself go but having uh, been several decades an illustrator working for clients that you know doing things that had very specific needs or context or whatever uh you, you you sort of that becomes ingrained in you and i i think i'm going through a process now where uh i come into the studio sometimes and just kind of throw things aside and start to experiment i did a piece yesterday that's unlike anything that i've done before and i had a lot of fun with it uh, mm-hmm. just a bit of futuristic combined with the italy landscape and uh so i'm i'm just always trying to trying to experiment and get outside the you know outside the envelope a little bit and and keep uh, the energy flowing i typically had three or four or five paintings going at once i rotate them on my work wall so i stay fresh with them and try to try to you know just push myself to uh to expand both my uh my creative endeavors as well as my technical uh, expertise with my painting
0: yeah well that's one of those you know you mentioned trying a different technique and you know again being just recently coming into this this world of of you know creating art um you know, I started with a specific look and a specific technique, and some of it is due to just my lack of being able to draw faces and paint faces and bowls of fruit and whatever. It's it's geometric shapes and stuff, but it's also that's what I'm gravit that's what I gravitate towards, um, just artistically. That's the kind of stuff that I like, anyways. But I've created so many pieces that are kind of fall into the same look that I've now gotten to a point where I'm almost. Um, Artist block or writer's block, where I want to do something different and I want to create something different, and so I I got to try to find time to do it. So you have the luxury of time where you can uh, you you can spend time and try to create uh, you know your art, whereas I want to try to create something that is. Um, more about, you know, blending colors together and seeing how that works, more of a a Mark Rothko kind of feel uh, to my art and try to do something like that and just finding the time to actually do that and try those different techniques. And it can be scary when you're trying something new because, you know, what if you mess it up? What if, well, who cares, right? You're doing it for yourself. You're having fun. You know, it's not a commission piece that somebody paid me to do. So that's something that I have to... uh, I have to get myself out of that uh, that that writer's block or painter's block, whatever you might call it, and just put that paint on the on the canvas and just get started. Because sometimes you sit there with a blank canvas and it's hard to even get started. Well, if
1: you go back and look at, uh, for example, Joseph Albers, uh, he was one of the early painters that was doing hard edge, and his uh, experimentation with color was really groundbreaking. Breaking in the uh, in the fifties and early sixties, and books were written about his work. And then uh, Ellsworth Kelly. Uh, for example, uh, you know, created a lot of very hard edge work. Became quite famous for his minimalism, but it was all came down to, to color with beautiful, just simple uh, expertise in hard edge painting and that sort of thing. There were a lot of artists in the '60s that, that really developed that style. Uh, Robert Indiana, for example, used graphics, uh, typography, and design, with his serigraphy, uh, and uh, and created a lot of groundbreaking work that was. That was very hard edged. Um, I having I was an airbrush illustrator for years and that's very hard edged painting. And what I have been attempting to do once in a while, I'll be I'll be tempted to mask something or do a hard edge on something. And and I, I have to fight my own instincts of after having done that for many years of airbrush painting to not do that. Uh, I want my work much more impressionistic and much looser. That frees me up. Uh, it's a contrast to the years i spent being very hard-edged as an illustrator so that's one of the things i'm getting a lot of joy from now is uh is painting but color and texture and uh, i'm i'm often asked if, if i use palette knives in my paintings quite a lot and actually i don't i rarely ever use palette knife but i use i use square brushes because it applies paint in almost a very flat graphic manner that it's a combination of it almost appears silk screened, if you will but i love layering color and mixing color and uh, uh, creating complementary color that has balance within a composition and uh and so i'm one of the things this this year i have been doing is uh is just really creating work with a tremendous amount of color in it and uh, I, I this past summer i had a show in, in our gallery based on our our spring trip to uh, Tuscany, and I called it Tuscany and technicolor. Uh, I just took the colors that exist in Italy in the mornings and the evenings during the golden hour and enhanced that tenfold, if you will, and uh, really had fun with just experimenting with color and expressing landscapes through through that. And uh, it's uh, much more expressionist, if you will, uh Mm -hmm. than uh, than just you know painting observational paintings painting what you see so uh i'm enjoying that process as well
0: yeah i love the you know you look at different artists and you can tell you know just based off of their brush strokes you can see kind of like you have your your art for the most part you have like a lot of you mentioned people ask if you use a palette knife and i was thinking the same thing but i've you know we talked about it the other day (laughs) but uh you have a lot of real small um brush strokes like little you know dabs of paint on the on the canvas where it's not like you're not painting the whole canvas at once it's you know you, you got a tree you got a bunch of little you know creating that texture creating those layers upon layers of that tree with those tiny little brush strokes and um and it, and it definitely has kind of that imp- you know impressionistic feel to it um and it definitely it has a, a style that goes along with it
1: well i did i taught silkscreen printing when i was uh uh, assistant professor at Indiana State uh, back in the 70s. And uh, and I think that uh, having done a tremendous amount of serigraphy myself while silkscreen printing, uh, sometimes those uh, those experiences sort of uh, creep through in my painting. Uh, and I almost treat the brush as though it's a layer and, and silkscreen printing. And I love the graphic quality of that. There's a, you know, I, I paint with acrylic because I love the speed of working with acrylic because mm-hmm. I'm working on four or five paintings at once and uh, and I like uh, how I can apply a layer of something and 30 minutes later after going and working on something else, I come back to that and it's dried and I can lay another brushstroke down on top of that that becomes a layer. Other times I blend. Yesterday, uh, I was working on a couple of pieces, uh, one a portrait and another landscape where i was doing a lot of blending and uh, especially early in a painting i may do a lot more blending with backgrounds colors and building up my darks to mediums to highlights and uh, and then as i get to those highlights on top with the smaller brushes i typically start out with quite large brushes and then get smaller as i go i try not to get too small because the more detailed i get sometimes it defeats the purpose of staying impressionistic with the painting but I'll get get smaller with the brushes as I go. And those final details might be a a relatively small brush, but I try not to paint smaller than a quarter inch brush
0: yeah so how you know what you've talked about a lot of the stuff that you paint is most of the stuff you paint is based off of your travels and experiences in your life but um how do you apply this you know to your how does this affect your everyday life are you do you always have that constant radar up looking at everything going oh i could paint that bird oh i could paint this building look at the way the light is hitting this you know this tree right now like and do you ever just You you always have your sketchbook with you or a camera or something whenever you're out and about that Well, I guess we always have cameras with our iPhones, right? But is it how is that in your daily life? Are you always looking at through the lens of an artist?
1: Well, I think that's a really interesting question and when I was teaching I would always tell my students, you know once you've taken an art class a design class uh, uh, whatever uh, it is you're learning to see and observe and it could be both a blessing and a curse because i think you look at everything i look at everything through my artist eyes i think i don't have another way to look that's that's how i see the world Mm -hmm. so i spend uh most of my waking hours actually i spend a lot of my sleeping hours dreaming about my painting i'll wake up thinking about a certain brush stroke that i want to achieve with the painting i'm working on Mm -hmm. and how to mix that color but uh no i do go about my life uh, i i I pretty much 90 percent of the time i think i I'm looking at the world. How would I, how would I paint that? How would I look at that from a graphic standpoint? How would I interpret that Mm -hmm. and interpret it? Not just graphically, but with feeling and emotion that, uh, that does something when I'm uh, putting that paint down on canvas, if it creates an experience that people respond to emotionally, if I respond to it emotionally, I, I try to paint, you know, I don't, I'm not painting thinking about how someone is going to look at something or like it. I'm purely in the moment uh, painting my experience and thinking about how I want to interpret that. And uh, the beautiful thing about painting is a very meditative experience. I'll be in the studio two or three hours and it seems that 30 minutes has gone by. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, my life experiences is, is largely uh, everywhere. Carol and I go, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, She's been doing trips to Italy for 10 years now, based on a book that she wrote about her family heritage in Italy. And I've always been fascinated with Italy, from obviously from art school and training uh, to my first experience in, in going to uh, Florence in the early 1990s. Uh, I've always been motivated by studying Michelangelo and Da Vinci and all those artists, uh, uh, Sandro uh, Botticelli, uh who's one of my favorites. but um, now that we go to Italy twice a year, I, I, I'm just very humbled to have that opportunity with Carol to go there and experience Italy. And we have wonderful friends over there. Uh, as a matter of fact, in Italy, since uh, almost every word ends in a vowel over there, uh, they can't say Lloyd very well. So, my name in Italy is Lorenzo. Everyone in Italy knows me as Lorenzo, which that's is a I, lot of that's, fun. That's
0: how I should have so. introduced you. I, I remember that at the, we talked about that recently. Yeah. Oh, here's Lorenzo
1: Brooks. <laughs> yes. And even people that come to the studio that have been on the trips with us will call me Lorenzo. It's kind of my, sort of my default, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we have a lot of fun with everything we do. And some mentioned with Carol's, uh, Carol's a writer. And uh, so we have the blessing of experiences that we're both doing everything together in Italy. And so when, when uh, we have these shared experiences and come back many times, she actually comes up with the titles for my paintings. I'm busy painting. I'm not thinking about the title. Mm -hmm. She'll have an experience when we're driving through Monticino, or we've been to Pienza or somewhere together and I'm painting that we were there together and she'll have that experience and comes up with uh, often beautiful titles for the paintings and uh, it's often pleasant surprise for me sort of a little capstone on a painting when i get it finished when she's come up with a with a name for it so we have a we have a lot of fun with that we have a lot of fun in the studio we have a tremendous enjoyment when we uh, travel together because we look at things in a very similar way and mm-hmm. she interprets that them in her writings and i interpret them in my paintings so it's a nice uh, complimentary experience and and uh, and that experience I think our relationship nurtures my uh, nurtures my experience as an artist and enhances it uh, which is why I think I'm enjoying it so much at this point in my life we have a we have a beautiful thousand square foot studio it's extremely comfortable but it's very effective very productive for for my workflow and and uh, we, we have receptions here as well the front of the studio is a gallery mm-hmm. so we can have receptions as, as well so it's extremely convenient. Uh, the location is easy access for our, our clients and patrons that visit us. So it's just been a really enjoyable experience for me to not go to a design firm anymore, but come to my studio and paint each day.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's the dream is just to find something that you love and just to be able to to do it every day and not worry about, uh, you know, we we always joke that, uh, or at least I always joke with people that, you know, my, my job would be great if it weren't for the clients, right? but the uh we you know if we get to create something for our own benefit and for our own fun then that's uh you know that that's the dream but do you have do you have a, a favorite uh piece that you've created a favorite piece that you've painted that you you look at and you're like wow that is that is my favorite one that I've done whether it be uh have some an emotional attachment somewhere you and your wife met or maybe it's uh just you really love the colors and the shapes or um what is it that, that you have that's like your favorite piece? Oh, that's really an intriguing question, Dustin. I, I,
1: what's interesting is at this point in in my career, I, I totally enjoy the process each day I'm painting and I put my heart into that painting. Mm-hmm. When I'm finished with it, I'm finished with it. I'm moving on to the next canvas. And what I try to do is I try to learn from that painting and do a better one tomorrow. I don't know if that's always the case, but I don't. Uh, I don't find anymore. I when I was younger, I got very emotionally attached to my work. That's not so much the case now. I have favorite subject matter that I work with a great deal. I mean, I love. I love painting scenes in Florence and the city and uh Ponte Vecchio and the Duomo and things like that. I've done probably 20 paintings of the Duomo, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I think um, I have locations in Tuscany though that are incredibly beautiful and romantic. One, one of them is a garden that I've done several paintings of now, four or five paintings of the garden. And it actually is the garden uh, in the estate of the villa uh, that was owned by the family of Mona Lisa. And uh, we are uh, friends with the family that uh, owns that, that villa, that estate. They have several thousand olive trees and they have vineyards. and And we go there with Carol's groups for dinner when we're in italy the garden is the most magical setting i think i've ever seen in tuscany it's just absolutely stunning so i, I always find myself captivated by that scene mm-hmm. but uh, also driving through val d'Orcia or through southern tuscany uh, every everything you see in italy it's the most beautiful landscape it's so awe-inspiring and the villa where we stay outside of florence uh, is surrounded by mountainside and olive groves and vineyards. So it's, it's so difficult just to look out anywhere and not find something that's absolutely captivating. So, and then we stay in Airbnbs in Florence in between the the Carol's trips. Uh, We stay in some different Airbnbs around uh, within the city of Florence, and it's just captivating to get up in the morning and look out the window at sunrise and, and see buildings that, are the same as they were 500 years ago, other than a bank sign on the window or on a, right. on a building or something that it's largely unchanged. The cobblestone in Florence is the same cobblestone on which Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Botticelli, other artists walked on. Uh, Brunelleschi, uh, who, who was the engineer for the Duomo in Florence, I, uh, all of those artists, I feel their presence when I'm there and it's just awe-inspiring to come back and and paint uh, from the energy, from those experiences.
0: You know, hearing you and Carol talk about Italy, you know, Italy's always been kind of a, you know, uh, it's a beautiful place and it but it's never been one of those top places that i always wanted to visit i've just always been like well it's italy you know that's fine but the more you guys talk about it the more i want to go like right now like i I hear about the the beauty of it all the you know the amazing things that you guys see and do there and and it makes me want to and seeing all the the art that you create from it like i want to go there and experience this
1: well i've been i've been very blessed in my career uh, to have a lot of cultural experiences i had a partnership in taipei taiwan for a few years in the late 80s and uh had a uh an office in taipei doing package design and uh, we'd go over there and enjoy you know uh asian food and and uh the culture and, and i was really enjoyable i taught in uh, china and wuxi china about seven eight years ago and enjoyed the people tremendously and i love asian food and and that sort of thing i uh in the early 90s i was part of a, a congregation of American artists that uh, went to Russia on an exchange and met with other artists, architects and and uh, and painters in, in Russia. That was a tremendous experience. But I have to say, uh, I just think Italy is the most beautiful country in the world. I, I enjoy our time there and it is uh, so uh, not only aesthetic culturally historically uh, the conversations you have with people every day men and women it's about art history food wine culture uh, mm-hmm. you're surrounded by just uh, tremendous uh, historical relics of of art and painting and masterpieces uh everywhere uh, caroline this this past uh fall in uh, september we we one evening we were meeting some friends uh, from uh, here in Indianapolis that happened to be in Florence for a few days. We were walking over to meet them at their hotel and to go out to dinner. We're walking across the street and a block from the hotel. Carol says, oh, would you mind for a moment if we stop in this church? We're walking past this little church just off the Arno. Uh, she said, there's a Botticelli in here I've always wanted to see. Mm-hmm. That would be like walking through Broad Ripple and say, oh, let's, let's cross the street and go look at a Michelangelo that's in this church. Uh, it's just. Art it just is everywhere. To be there. Yeah. Art is everywhere. And uh, it, it's just inspiring to walk around and just see all this beautiful sculpture and, and art. And then each day you're eating uh, incredible enjoying, incredible gourmet Italian food, which is not like American Italian too. There is uh, hardly any semblance of when you eat Italian in this country, it's not like eating in, in Italy. It's such a beautiful experience there. So all of those things add to an aesthetic and a cultural experience that when I come back, I, I just, I try to feel that when I'm painting. Uh, and it's very exciting uh, because I'm sort of living through that experience when I paint. So it, it, it uh, allows me a great opportunity at this point in my life. Uh, I'm very humbled by it to, to just be creating beauty each and every day based on those
0: experiences. Are you, are you telling me the spaghetti that I made last night is not the same as what I would have in Italy? Is that I don't think there's any comparative I, there. I <laughs> took the frozen garlic bread, I put it in the oven, I heated it up at 4 to 20 degrees. <laughs> well, that's... actually
1: in Tuscany they barely use garlic. There's very little garlic in Tuscany. Oh no. And, and uh, they don't use salt in the bread, so that's a different experience itself. <laughs> uh, Tuscany is very different than southern Italy also uh, where yep. they'll you'll they'll use more garlic for example or red sauces and that sort of thing but you know one thing that's that's a, a funny aside there's no such thing in italy as spaghetti and meatballs you know we okay. think of that as 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 italian too that's american italian you can order meatballs in a restaurant you get know, three big beautiful meatballs yeah. or you can order pasta uh, spaghetti might be one of those but uh uh you know you don't really typically eat that much uh, spaghetti if you if you're in in tuscany you have all kinds of other forms of pasta that are handmade each and every day but uh, yeah so if you want meatballs you order order meatballs you know you, you don't order if spaghetti you, if you meatball. order meatballs and spaghetti you're going to get a
0: huge laugh from an italian well you just blew my mind that's what happened so who is it are there artists out there now that are Inspiring you, or there whether it's uh, I know that you know you get inspired by the the landscapes and just everything every day, and then also by the the classics. I mean, you, you look at you know you talked about all the, the impressionists and stuff, and the Michelangelos and whatnot. Um, but are there is there anything out there now that is that is still currently inspiring you? You look at other artists and their work. Oh,
1: I, f- I follow a large number of artists on uh, on Instagram, and I I I'm just amazed uh, how many incredible artists there are uh, working alive today producing just beautiful work so yeah there there are quite a few of them that uh, that I follow I'm very inspired by there's a, an artist a uh, Xenia Hausner who's in Germany and Berlin and uh, uh, some several books have been done on her work and um, she's about my age I think and she's been <clears throat> uh, just producing very large canvases for 30, 40 years, 30 years at least, she came out of theater. And she builds sets in her studio and photographs those sets with people and, uh, and then interprets those and in just extraordinary paintings. I, I I find her work to be absolutely fascinating. There are a couple artists in the Southwest. There's an artist, uh, Mark Legault, whose, whose work uh, I really enjoy. Um, and his work, just his beautiful brush, uh, brush work has had a huge influence on some of the things I've done in the last couple of years. So yes, I follow I follow a large number of artists. Some of them, I love their color and their interpretation of color. Others, I love the context of their paintings, such as Xenia Hausner. I love her her sense of color and drama in her paintings. And uh, other painters, I just, I love their exploratory uh, work with with content and a combination of it's impressionism and abstract and uh I, I find the world today where we have so much access mm-hmm. through the digital world to be connected with artists around the world it's really interesting uh, to have that experience and i know sometimes i'll post something i post um i, I don't do many personal things on facebook or instagram i post most of my paintings or cultural things And uh, I'm always fascinated. I'll post something on Instagram, for example, and within uh, two minutes, you may have, you know, 30 or 40 likes from artists around the world. And uh, it's just it's it's a fascinating experience. Well,
0: what I what I find is uh, what I find enjoyable about it is that we can find all these small independent artists. It's not just these, you know, big name artists that you have to go to a museum that somebody else decided that is good enough to be in a gallery. We can find artists that are just doing it as a hobby, or people who are just, um, you know, just starting out. Or, you know, we can find these little, small, independent people wherever they may be. I mean, we're located in Indiana, but we might find some artists, in, you know, in Mozambique that's doing something really cool. You know, so it's Absolutely. like it, yes. we have this amazing tool in our hands that we can. Uh, in our in our pockets so we can see the world with and be inspired
1: we can can. and i i find that very exciting because uh, i i i you know i i don't do that much work based on my local experiences i mean i having been to italy uh spent so much time in italy now uh I, i i think the landscape there is just so incredible and uh so i i have the opportunity to interpret those uh and you know some of my paintings are a bit more abstract than others if you will sometimes they're just more exploratory with uh with with color and and that sort of thing so but um i I find the experience of following other artists from around the world as well as uh as uh, having the opportunity uh, to sort of grow my own experiences uh is is really tremendous fun
0: yeah um So if anybody wants to see Lloyd's work, you can find uh, his website is lloydbrooksfinearts.com. That's Um, correct. And then you can find him on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, Lloyd, I wanted to ask, the final question I ask is, uh, uh, you've obviously taught many years and have been in front of classrooms uh, many times, so I'm sure you already have this uh, in your back pocket, but uh, what kind of advice would you give any creatives, um, whether it be artists, musicians, what have you, Uh, What kind of advice would you give them as they set forth on their creative journey? Oh,
1: I I think that's an excellent question, Dustin. And what I've always said to my students when I was teaching is that um, when you're in your 20s, you're you're experimenting with lots of things. You're learning through making mistakes and don't be afraid of making mistakes. But the thing that I've always told uh, young artists is to get the widest variety of experiences you can in your 20s and early 30s, because as time goes on, you you uh, you, just, you know sort of acquire or take on more responsibility, if you will. And as you take on more responsibility, it's more difficult to have the freedom to experiment. So, you know, that advice I always say is, you know, do different jobs. Uh, you know, don't don't get trapped by the golden handcuffs because something pays really well. Ah, uh, don't just stick with that for ten years, and all of a sudden other artists are passing you by. Take the opportunity to go for the the best creative experiences you can and grow from that uh, that learning experience because it'll it'll add tremendous texture to your life later
0: on. yeah, that's that's good advice to you know, and like you were saying earlier of um, you had mentioned about your, Teaching classes and how we taught the students to always, you know, once you learn the uh, have your visual eyes open and to always be able to see, you know, the world through that lens and you know, the artist's lens and whatnot. And then if you take on those other tasks, you'll also get more experiences as well. And it'll just Absolutely. Every, everything adds up, whether you realize it at that time or not. At some point, those experiences and those, um, you know, different paths in life will all come together and we'll. Um, will help uh, influence what you're doing so
1: well and the other thing that i would suggest too is is, uh, to artists to anyone really is 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 to read a great deal read uh, a a diverse uh, selection of books i i read 40 50 books a year probably and uh and i've always enjoyed different uh, venues different types of, of books and that's to me is like time travel you can you know, you can read a book like uh, Irving Stone's uh, Agony and the Ecstasy and feel like you're in the studio with Michelangelo in the you know, 1500s or uh, you can read a suspense novel and be in Los Angeles one day in and in a suspense book in, in Japan the next. So to me, reading has always enhanced uh, my life experiences and and uh, I enjoy uh, reading books as well about, you know, uh, that 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 thing of self-improvement but you know that could delve into philosophy uh into sort of your your heart or your soulful experiences in life and i i read a i read a a wider range of um, subject matter and uh that's always that's always been an enhancement i think in my
0: in my personal life and my creative life yeah absolutely yeah just keep your eyes open just keep taking in everything you can from the world, whether it's, you know, reading or just experiences. Yes. So. yes, absolutely. Well, Lorenzo, thank you for joining us today. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Uh, I wish you, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing more of your work, uh, whether it's of Italy or, or celebrities or whatever it might be. And I wish you safe travels uh, to Italy in the coming years.
1: Thank you, Dustin, it's been
0: enjoyable. Take care. Okay, thanks. Each week on Create, Talk, Repeat, I want to leave you with some creative task or inspiration. Something to get your creative juices flowing. This week, I want you to go find some old photos. It could be photos on your iPhone, or in an old album, or even go to your local antique shop. They always have boxes of random photos. Find an image or two, and use it as inspiration to create. Maybe try sketching, or painting what you see. Maybe you decide to create a story based off of these images. Whatever it is you do, use these images as your jumping-off point. We'd love to see what you create. If you post your work on Facebook, please tag us, or simply add the hashtag CreateTalkRepeat. I hope this helps you on your creative journey. Thanks for listening. Create Talk Repeat is a Brenton Creative Production. Created and hosted by me, Dustin Brenton. Development and brainstorming assistance by Darren Caldwell. Music by Creative Culture. Follow us on Facebook at Create Talk Repeat or visit our website at createtalkrepeat.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.